This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, I'm Anif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, BFM's video game show. In this episode, we're going to be looking at CRPG, a subgenre that was inspired by tabletop RPG. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Daryl Ong. Right, as reported last week, we mentioned in our report that Multiverses Season 1 will be delayed for a bit, but as it turns out, Warner Brothers later announced in the week that the first season will indeed be released on the 15th of August. That's today, but unfortunately, the game's not available yet in some parts of Asia, including Southeast Asia. And that's because the team that's making the game is a small team and therefore not being able to spend their resources expanding the game to other regions. Regardless, Warner Brothers also announced the availability of the Battle Pass, which you can purchase to earn in-game rewards, as well as Morty from the hit cartoon Rick and Morty joining the character roster on the 23rd of August. They also clarified that whatever has been announced and promised for Season 1 will not drop the same time today, but instead will be spread out throughout the duration of the first season. Though we're pretty excited for the game, we have to wait a little bit more before it's officially available in the region. While Multiverses will finally be available, another future game by publisher Warner Brothers Interactive will be delayed further. Avalanche, developer of the much-anticipated Hogwarts Legacy, announced recently that the game, which was scheduled to be released sometime this year, will now be released on the 10th of February next year. If there are no further delays, the game should be available for all platforms on the day except for the Switch version which will be launched at a later date that has yet to be announced. As always, the developer also emphasised that the delay is necessary for them to continue polishing the game and we welcome this kind of decision making if it's for the sake of the game. Regardless, Hogwarts Legacy has been facing multiple delays so far. The game was first announced in 2020 and was scheduled to release in 2021, but has since been delayed twice, including this latest announcement. Okay, up next, the tit and tat between Giants, Sony and Microsoft continues as the Brazilian government is currently scrutinizing Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. As part of the investigation, Microsoft has countered Sony's objections to the deal by claiming that Sony pays developers blocking rights to prevent games from appearing on Xbox Game Pass. According to Eurogamer, who translated the rebuttal that Microsoft made to Sony's claims, Microsoft said that Sony has been trying to hamper the growth of Game Pass by paying for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to other competing subscription services. Just to backtrack a bit, this argument was triggered by Sony, showing huge concern at the fate of Call of Duty, which they claim had no rival and was so popular that it influences users' choice of console. They also said that the potential inclusion of Call of Duty on Microsoft Game Pass service would hamper Sony's ability to compete. In response to this, Microsoft downplayed Call of Duty's significance and reiterated their assurance that Call of Duty won't make an Xbox exclusive. Their rebuttal and counter-arguments also include that earlier claims as well as how Sony perhaps are a bit incoherent in their claims. Interesting to see two companies duking it out amidst the finalisation of that epic Microsoft deal, which has yet to be officially finalised pending investigations such as this, not only in Brazil but in many other countries. 
Last but not least, EA has made another controversial decision as well as claims as they plan to continue loot boxes for the upcoming FIFA 23 Ultimate Team. This comes after the company was essentially given the green light by the UK government after they decided not to legislate the controversial in-game monetization system. In a statement they sent to Eurogamer, EAA said, and I quote, We wholeheartedly believe that Ultimate Team and Foot Packs, which has been part of the game for more than a decade, are a part of FIFA that players love. Fans love that the game reflects the real-world excitement and strategy of building and managing a squad. Giving players the choice to spend it if they want to is fair. Obviously, the statement has not gone down well with gamers, as EA made the bold claim that loot boxes are part of FIFA that players love. With how problematic they've proven to be, that statement might sound a bit more callous, silly and tone-deaf, even if EA is entitled to defend their own product and decisions. Well, for what it's worth, they seem to be steadfast in their decision, and I guess gamers too would have to make the right decision, one that they see fit with regards to their decision with the game. That's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Daryl. Late last month, Wizards of the Coast, makers of the hugely popular tabletop RPGs Dungeons & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, announced that they will be opening a new video game studio called Skeleton Key. The studio is set to work on a AAA project and will be led by Dragon Age's former executive producer, Christian Daly. This news has triggered our curiosity of a niche subgenre of RPG video games called CRPG. That's computer role-playing game and it's a genre that was inspired by tabletop RPGs, the kind of games that Wizards of the Coast makes specifically. So let's learn more about what this subgenre is and to do that, I'll be speaking to Najman Maliki, a fan of not only CRPGs but also tabletop RPGs. He's going to start by giving us a primer on tabletop RPGs. Um, tabletop RPG was made famous, I guess, in the late 80s, early 90s, maybe even earlier than that. I don't know, I wasn't born pre-1990, so um, yeah, it was. it's definitely been made famous by um, the main game, which is Dungeons & Dragons, um, which is currently run by Wizards of the Coast. Uh, you might heard of them before because they also are doing... Um, they are the, the creators of Magic the Gathering, the game card, and Pokemon trading card. Um, uh, or rather, they have the license for Pokemon trading card. Uh, and yeah, they are the, I guess, custodians of um, Dungeons & Dragons. And basically, the game runs on the best GPU in the world, the best graphics in the world, which is your imagination. Um, and as you can imagine, games that runs on your imagination can get huge and crazy so the tabletop version of um uh, rpg in this specific example that i'm giving say for example dungeons and dragons the way you would play it is you would play with um one dungeon master uh, with usually at least two other people who will play with you guys and you guys would play a campaign so it can be a long short campaign and in this campaign you essentially will just play through um the story that your dungeon master have set so you can imagine when you translate this uh, into a video game uh, in CRPG, 
it's similar to any other game, right? So you have your mission, your quest, and then you just play through it. So the hard part and the most interesting part, I guess, with tabletop RPGs is that you can literally do literally anything. So if we were to play, say, uh, myself, Hanif, and say, Sabrina, we were to, the three of us were to play the game, and Hanif is a dungeon master, Hanif would tell us where we are, what we can do. And then we can do literally anything. We'll just say to Hanif, hey, I want to try and like break that rock with my sword and see what uh, what's in that rock. And then you can say, okay, we try and break it. And then there's nothing in it. So because this is all running within, especially Hanif's imagination, we can literally do anything under the sun. And then it's a hugely um, fantastical world uh, that, that we can play. So, a lot of people are interested in like tabletop RPGs um, and then you can actually see a lot of tabletop RPGs being created within I guess the fantasy world of where you have Dungeons and Dragons and the other one the most famous ones would be Cyberpunk um, so there's a lot of Cyberpunk um, tabletop RPG as well and a lot of people love this genre and they want to bring it into the video game space hence you get your CRPG uh, but as you can imagine, how do you make a like um, no holds barred world in a CRPG is is very extremely difficult. And I guess good candidates of CRPG, a proper CRPG, are far in between. Um, but there are there are good games out there that runs on the CRPG genre. And I guess we'll go into deeper uh, conversation about it later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, first first of all, we've Tabletop RPG, you have to play it with people. You cannot play it on your own, right? Yeah. So you don't play it. Um, I mean, yeah, that's one of the main pull for CRPG versus a tabletop RPG. If um, Najman does not have any friends, he can't play a tabletop RPG alone. Lah. <laughs> All right. And I guess I think we can talk more about the difference between tabletop RPG and CRPG in the form of... Um, the Dungeon Master. So the, in, in Tabletop RPG, the Dungeon Master plays a very crucial role in, I guess, creating and, I guess, furthering the, the story or the progression of the game, right? Um, how is that replicated in CRPG? You know, is, there a, is, is it a narrative-based style where there is a, quote-unquote, a digital version of a Dungeon Master moving you through the story, moving you through the plot, moving you through the adventure? Or is it just like a typical RPG game with its own storyline? Yeah, so I guess in every single RPG game, um, you have your dungeon master. So you can take like say even Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or even Horizon Forbidden West. You have your quote unquote dungeon master, and the dungeon master here would be the game itself. So the game will tell you what to do next, what you can do, what you cannot do. Um, as opposed to a tabletop RPG, your dungeon master. Uh, will will actually will do the same thing to you as well. Will will build for you, but usually the dungeon master in a tabletop RPG is very fluid because you allow your players to do anything that they want to do, and because of that, you the dungeon master have to be very fluid in terms of changing or adapting to the world that you've created. So, for example, your now your players can fly. So, how do you deal with players can fly? Um, what are the limitations? And maybe um, you don't want them to fly because the enemies are all uh, up in the second floor and if they can just fly and then you can just win the game immediately. So the dungeon master here would actually have to adapt to that kind of uh, changes 
and I think it's it's a lot more difficult for a dungeon master in in a normal tabletop RPG setting. And I always envy great uh, dungeon masters. So like, if you guys have heard of very big YouTube channel like Critical Role or Dimension Twenty. I guess the dungeon masters are so famous now. Celebrities actually have to like seek them out and uh, and get them to play a game with these celebrities, as opposed to as I mentioned earlier, a normal CRPG where the computer is the quote unquote dungeon masters, and it's really really hard for you to just like go crazy on what you can do because the rules are so set in stone by the computer itself, and. In CRPGs, you don't actually notice the dungeon masters as much, um, because in tabletop RPGs, usually you communicate a lot with the dungeon master. You can ask them like, "Hey, can I do this? Hey, can I do that?" In CRPG, the feeling is more of exploratory. So I can take a great example of a game which is um, uh, uh, Divinity: Original Sin Two, where you would in the initial initial parts of the game, uh, you are in a shipwreck. Um, so you have to figure out uh, on your own how to actually get around the shipwreck, um, and that that requires you to actually explore. So you would figure out, oh, maybe I can actually get this uh, barrel that's empty and use that as a float and things like that. Things like that are very exploratory in CRPGs. Uh, some people call it a uh, point and click situation, um, but yeah, that's what you kind of see in CRPG versus actually having a physical dungeon master where you can actually just ask. I want to get across. Can I just like swim? The answer would be no. Uh, then uh, what do you do? Um, things like that, right? In a typical setting, but in a computer setting, you have to just try and point, click, and then do things. Yeah. That was Najban Maliki, and he's been helping us understand what CRPGs are. We're going to make way for some messages. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharuddin. Joining me on the show today is Najibana Maliki and he's been sharing his knowledge on computer role-playing game or more commonly known as CRPG. We're going to continue the second part of the show by looking at the differences between CRPGs and your typical RPGs. So c- correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought for the longest time the game version of RPG, the typical RPG game, and I'm referring to, I mean, games like Final Fantasy, perhaps, or, you know, or maybe um, The Witcher, you know, a more modern, I guess, iteration of it, right? Where um, there is a bit of a character progression in terms of leveling up and everything else related to it, and a long story uh, and whatnot, and you know, maybe you can choose different classes or different types of characters that you want to, I guess, develop one way or another. I thought that game category is actually derived or inspired by the tabletop RPG. So, for the longest time, yeah, I always thought that, oh, okay, so you're probably, you know, the, the sort of like, you know, the multiple choices that you can make or multi-path um, tangents that you can embark on is something that was perhaps inspired by the tabletop RPG. But I guess to a certain extent, um, the fact that there is a computer version of um, or like a, a video game version of tabletop RPG shows that at least technically maybe it's inspired by but it's not necessarily a like for like duplicate of of the the real life version right so um yeah what what's what's the yeah what's the difference between you know a typical RPG game and a CRPG game you know because if you think about it I think to a certain extent maybe they're similar but they're and yet they're a bit different right yeah definitely so um the main difference I guess with say the Witcher as compared to like say Baldur's Gate 3 is the way that the 
options are being delivered. So most RPGs that we know in video games are fairly fairly light um, as compared to uh, a, a typical tabletop RPG. Light in the sense that you don't have a lot of options. So you don't have a lot of options to kind of like diverge from when you're playing The Witcher. Because you're The Witcher. Huh? You you can't be a different person in, say, for example, uh, Horizon. Because Aloy is Aloy, right? You're, you, you're not going to be casting spells and stuff like that. But when it comes to like CRPGs, which basically tries to stay as true as possible to the tabletop uh, counterparts, they would actually have a huge slew of options that 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 a normal tabletop RPG gives you. So, for example, uh, you've got races, which actually brings in a certain trait. You've got your classes, which obviously brings your trait. And then you also have your character sheet building, which is like uh, how much wisdom do you have? How much charisma do you have? What's your, your stealth like? And stuff like that. That's essentially... Uh, one of the biggest, I guess, difference when it comes to building a character uh, as opposed to games like Witcher, you don't go into the Witcher game and then you build your own Geralt. You actually play <laughs> the given Geralt. Um, uh, that's one. Uh, but you can also see RPG games like Skyrim who tries their best to actually take that kind of essence um, and then try and do what they can which I think Skyrim pulled off quite well. So you are the Dragonborn, but like the Dragonborn in the game itself, I actually said that it can be from any race, it can be from any like type. So you can play a bard that's actually a, an elf, uh, for example, uh, an, a, a high elf that is a bard. You can play something like that. So that's actually closer to your D&D, uh, sorry, yes, to your tabletop uh, RPGs. But... Aside from that, even the CRPGs differ themselves from games like Skyrim with the, I guess, very unique uh, combat system that, that's similar to your um, uh, tabletop RPGs where you have uh, armor classes, for example, and every attack is a chance of hit. So you actually always have a chance of hitting. And I think this is the, the, the main difference that a lot of people are not used to, especially if you play like um, turn-based games. So if you, if you play like Final Fantasy, there's no huge chance of you missing. Or uh, Every hit, every skill that you make is a hit. It's just a matter of that um, enemy blocking or uh, the hit is not too strong. But in in CRPGs, you, every single attack is a role, is an attack role. So you roll to see whether you get to hit that person or not. And outside of the the fight itself, you have things like you are stealthing around, you are um, using the environment to your advantage. So for example, an elf usually sees better in dark places. So you have uh, dark vision in a cave. So if your party member includes an elf, that means you can navigate through the cave better. And things like this, I guess, is very unique to CRPGs. Um, most games don't actually care about the composition of the party I, because most most games the single player is a single player but in CRPGs usually you play a party and you are controlling your whole party um, similar to games like um, Final Fantasy but Final Fantasy usually don't include uh, skills with just, just like navigating through terrains whereas CRPGs usually will get your 
druid to turn into a hawk so that they can actually get somewhere and then pull something so that your other party members can actually get through that stage uh, or that environment. Uh, I think that's the, the, the hugely interesting aspect. And not forgetting every single thing that you do have luck in the mix. So, for example, you want to try and pull the lever on the second floor, you fly up, but then um, you got to make sure that you are flying up stealthily. So you have to roll your stealth check. And if you, for example, want to meet, uh, just go through the front gate, you can just use your bite to persuade that guard if the persuasion of your bite is high enough. Then you have to roll your dice. And even if your persuasion skills is quite good, there's still a chance to fail. And I think this is lovely. And for me personally, I like this feature because it's like real life, right? Sometimes you're really good at it, but you just fail because luck, right? It's not, you're not, I mean, like circumstance made you fail. And that's where CRPG really shines, lah. I think, yeah. I see. All right. So, uh, you mentioned an example uh, of a game that's pretty well known. Um, I think it's Baldur's Gate. Uh, but other than that, what are some of the examples of CRPGs that are pretty popular with the community out there? Yeah. So I think okay. Before even I go into the um, uh, suggestions, I have to like really. Uh, later on quite thick uh, as you might have heard uh, my explanations of CRPGs in general it's not your typical cup of tea of, of going into a game and like, just learning the combat and then just moving around the world because there's uh, other things like yeah, stealthing using your skill negotiations stuff like that so it might be a little bit more um, it, it might be very different to what you're used to and I guess it's an acquired taste so having said that I do have a few suggestions. Um, so if you are into the D&D world where you have your dungeons and your dragons and it's magics and warlords and stuff like that, I strongly suggest Divinity Original Sin 2. might wonder uh, if you google like D&D CRPG you might see Baldur's Gate 3 as a top result that's because it's the most recent game being released and it's actually released by uh, Wizards of the Coast themselves um, through a developer company Larian Studios um, and it is okay but the downside to Baldur's Gate 3 is that it's in its early access meaning the game is not fully complete yet um, so that's the reason why I'm going for Divinity Original Sin as my top suggestions here. Divinity Original Sin is super well-polished. Uh, it was released, I believe, in 2017. I might be wrong here. But since then, they've had enhancements to the textures themselves. It still look very, very well on uh, most machines and like it runs well, even on slightly older machines because it's a slightly older game. And... Yeah, I, I guess you get everything that's great in a CRPG within Divinity Original Sin 2. Um, you will have great replayability. There's a lot of mods nowadays, especially in Steam. Um, yeah, really, really, really highly suggest you to try out Divinity Original Sin 2 if you want to try out 
the CRPG genre and if you feel like that's up your alley. Um, however, if you don't like Dungeons and Dragons, if you don't like um, uh, this kind of like fantasy world, it's not for you. My sec, my my I guess second suggestion would be Disco Elysium. You should totally sing karaoke here. The first chance you get, your emotions need to be expressed. People need to know your vast oceanic soul. Utterly, and it needs to be heard through a PA system by other people. Whether they like it or not, ram it up their ears, says your adrenaline gland. Violently express yourself. I think this game, a lot of people know Disco Elysium and I think a lot of people might not notice that it's actually a CRPG. So every single thing that you do, if you haven't played the game, every single thing that you do in Disco Elysium uh, requires you um, to roll dice and then requires you to do like negotiation, persuasions. The, the way they've done this game is so unique and complex uh, that it actually feels a lot like your tabletop RPG. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend checking out Disco Elysium to try out a post-apocalyptic world uh, RPG if Dungeons and Dragons is not up your alley. Are these two games accessible, Divinity Original Sin 2 and also Disco Elysium for newcomers? Or is there like a title that's a bit more accessible? Because I think if I'm not mistaken, Divinity Original Sin 2 is a good game, but it can also be quite overwhelming, right? Um, good question. Um, yeah. So, it's not so. Yeah, it can be quite overwhelming in the sense that there's a lot of things that you don't. I guess you're not used to doing in a typical RPG game, right? So, for example, that like, you can't just like use your controller to just like run around, jump, and things like that. Even jumping is an action in any CRPG because it's an action that you have to kind of do with every move like in a combat you can jump once uh, things like that um, so yeah it's actually quite a bit to to take in the sad part is that CRPG is not a huge genre in in the world yet so there are a few here in between suggestions I can give um, one is a very old title but still <coughs> old but gold I would say uh, Never Winter Night so Never Winter Night if you can try and get the definitive edition is a really good starting point where it marries between your usual uh, moving around, shooting people kind of thing, but it tries to put in as much as skills, as much as other magic uh, equivalents of what you get in a tabletop RPG into the game as possible. So your skill tree is huge, the classes are huge, the, the way you consume your consumables, your weapons and stuff like that is all similar, but... but you do <clears throat> move around with your controller and you can like shoot things and stuff like that. So I guess Neverwinter Nights, um, also, yeah, I have to say it is a very old game, so it looks very old. I guess a newer, slightly newer version, but coming from a smaller company would be Solasta. Uh, so Solasta, Crown of the Manchester, is also quite um, palatable for people who are new to the genre. Um, but again, Solasta Crown of Magister uh, uh, is coming from a smaller developer, so the game might be a bit, a bit 
simplistic to some lah. But it's a it's a good start, I would say. Uh, another one would be Pathfinders, Wrath of the Righteous. This is a, an isometric version of uh, a CRPG. So I guess it feels a bit more like your typical Diablo game. Um, however, because of the CRPG element to it, you don't expect yourself to be hacking and slashing all your way through. You still have to do decision making and stuff like that. But yeah, these two, Solesta and Pathfinders, are great examples um, although it comes from uh, smaller developers, um, is these are two good entry points of into into the uh, CRPG genre, I would say. All right, and just before we go, um, can I just get? I mean, since you're you're, I mean, a fan of not just I guess CRPG but also tabletop RPG, can I just get your thoughts on um, the news that uh, Wizards of the Coast? will now be, I guess, setting up a video game studio. You know, what can perhaps we expect from that? I mean, are they going to be developing CRPGs as well? Uh, or are they going to be developing something else? Yeah. yeah. I'm actually really, really extremely curious to know what they expect to do with the game studio. So, a bit of a, a, bit of a um, history for um, Baldur's Gate 3, actually. Um, as I mentioned in my suggestions just now, um, Divinity Original Sin 2 is such a good CRPG game. Uh, and this is a game that, that was made by D&D lovers. So D&D from Wizards of the Coast, the tabletop version, the developers loved the, the game so much. So they did, uh, they made Divinity Original Sin and Original Sin 2 is the sequel to it. The game is really, really well polished, really, really good. The studio is called Larian Studios. So Larian then got approached by Wizards of the Coast. Um, and then Wizards just told them, Hey guys, here's a blank check. Get us a, an awesome, uh, <laughs> an awesome game, right? So, so yeah, Larian said, okay, I'm just going to have to take my time building this. It's not going to be cheap for you. If you guys are okay with it, then we'll roll. And they did. And I actually personally, I have Baldur's Gate 3, um, early access. It's a full price game, but it's really, really good because you can actually play through multiple playthroughs. So I thought they love Larian so much that they would stick with Larian. So that's why this news kind of surprised me. But they actually managed to, I mean, like, they actually are trying really hard at trying to expand that D&D universe into the gaming, into the gaming aspect. So I think some of you guys might have known this game called D&D Dark Alliance. Um, it's actually um, by Wizards of the Coast. I can't recall who the publisher is, but um, didn't do so well. Uh, the Alliance didn't do so well. It didn't get got a lot of good reviews. The gameplay is, eh, it's alright, but I think um, yeah, Wizards just wanna double down on this and they just wanna try and build their own thing. I really, really do hope that they stick to um, Larian for Baldur's Gate three and like finish that before actually doing anything with the new company, rather than taking the title from. Larian and doing it in house, but we'll see. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do. Love the the company which is a course, but also a um, bit bit worrying slightly for me. <laughs> 
you're tuned in to GG Well Played and that was Najman Maliki, a fan of CRPGs, sharing his knowledge on this niche subgenre. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on pfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and you can also find our podcast on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at pfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.